1: Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game and says, Bienvenue, Patrick, our S.F. 25 et bonne chance. You are going to need it, mate. I'm (laughs) (laughs) So pleasingly carry on about that. Yeah, bonne chance. I'm Kevin Day. He is Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. And this is Newsday. That's how Sky Sports News would introduce the pod. <laughs> Liverpool University's legendary Kieran Maguire has some amazing updates on amortisation in Bulgarian football. Um, <laughs> shall we get on with the actual news, Kieran? I'm afraid if this pod had a title, it would be the usual suspects. Th- we <laughs> Four of our favourite clubs appear uh, frequent. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Fre- I use the word frequent too quickly there. I meant Frequencies. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, Kieran, let's start in South Yorkshire. Sheffield Wednesday appears to have paid some, but not all, player wages. Does that mean they've paid some players all the money or all players some of the money?
0: Um, They've paid some players all of the money. This this is a story which has come from the Sheffield newspapers. Um, And it appears to be those players who are still in contract have been paid in full, because this will reduce their opportunity to walk away from the club. Because I think we'd, we'd mentioned before yeah. that um, Sheffield Wednesday had been a bit hit and miss with regards to making wage payments. And uh, under, under FIFA rules, um, they are entitled to uh, effectively dismiss the club. Mm. Uh, as it were, and clearly those players have value in the transfer market. So, it looks as if the strategy has been to play to pay those players who for whom the club still felt had value, and those players who were out of contract at the thirtieth of June and weren't uh, weren't going to be obliged to be paid in, in future months. Um, they're going to have to wait further. So, uh, I suspect the Professional Footballers' Association will have been involved. Uh, With regards to this, uh, I think uh, my understanding um, is that uh, Delfron Chansiri, is the club owner, uh, the the money to pay sort of the gaps in the wages has not necessarily come from him. Um, And I can say no more than that, uh, but uh, it does appear to have come from a source close to him. Um, So that's where we are. And uh, as we we are recording this at... uh, Four o'clock on Tuesday, so we can't make any references to England uh, and the semi-final of the of the of the Euros. Uh, but uh, as as we started to record, uh, Sheffield Wednesday have just published their financial results, and boy, have they lost a load of money in in twenty twenty, and they're. Uh, their wage bill. Looking at this, and I'm just sort of quickly going through a series of numbers. Uh, th- their wages are considerably higher than their revenues, and this was, in, of course, in the in the pre-COVID era. Era even, um, and uh, th- that perhaps explains why they've had these cash flow challenges with regards to paying uh, player wages.
1: Yeah, that's um, interesting that you think it might not be the owner paying the wages. But uh, I, I have to say to any of our overseas listeners who who have often wondered what the quaint English word chunter means, then (laughs) what they need to do is listen into a podcast that's just about to start when a well-known football expert checks his phone and sees that Sheffield Wednesday have released their figures literally as I'm about to say hello and welcome to the Price of Football. (laughs) That was some world-class chuntering
0: going on. It it, it was, and I I do have... Three messages from journalists uh, in, in, in in Yorkshire to say, Kieran, any chance you could come on and have a chat? So. Yes, yeah, so, you know, I,
1: I have to say to these clubs, Kieran, there's no way on a, on God's earth any of these clubs can know what time we're recording the pod. But Kieran is starting to get paranoid that somehow <laughs> one of us is being hacked. I think the Bar- you think the Baroness might be leaking information for money. <laughs> Well, as long as that's all she does for money, I'm quite happy. I don't know why I left a pause there. That's my fault. That's entirely my fault. I apologise to anybody out there listening to that shavel middle-aged behaviour. From Sheffield, Kieran, to Swindon, who have been increasingly taking up our time recently. Um, And unfortunately, we have two news stories involving Swindon Town. Firstly, Clem Morfuni and the Axis Group have accused Lee Power of providing misinformation over the sale of Swindon Town.
0: Yes, unfortunately, um, we're having a, a bit of a, a bitch-lapping exercise between the two parties uh, involved. For people mm. not familiar with, with where we are at present, Swindon Town are presently owned by Lee Power uh, he is reluctant to sell to a guy called Clem For- Clem Morfuni, who is uh, based in Australia, I think, at present, and his mm. axis group. The two used to be big buddies. You know, yeah, I- I've seen pictures of them uh, at the matches together. Uh, Clem Morfuni's a company, I think, used to sponsor uh, Swindon Town. But um, what has happened is there appears to be an obligation on Lee Powers. Uh, behalf to now sell his shares to Clem Morfouni. He then went, uh, or Lee Power then went via the uh, Swindon Town website to say, well, you know, I'm willing to sell, but he's not come up with the cash. And Clem Morphoony has been, again, fighting. And and this is all taking place through social media and mm. through the media, uh, which is, uh, it is a little bit unedifying. Um Clem Morphoni saying, Well, you put some barriers in the way and, and things aren't and, and my, as far as I'm concerned, my legal team, I've deposited the money with them, so the only thing that's stopping is your legal side putting up further barriers. Um and, and of course the, the the big losers in this uh is, is everybody else connected with Swindon Town because mm. Wages have gone unpaid, as we discussed last week. Yeah. Uh, people don't know whether they've got jobs. The club hasn't got a manager. It hasn't got a director of football. It doesn't appear to have a chief executive. Um, as as ships go, it's about as rudderless as you can possibly get. And, uh, you know, the the season is starting in, in just over a month. So mm. uh, it, it looks as if, uh, you know, Lee Power's effectively taking a scorched earth policy to his departure from the club and trying to make things as unpleasant for whoever inherits it as possible. And, and, and that's, that's a shame. You know, if you have got disagreements with somebody in business sorted out between yourselves, don't make the, the fans, the employees and the everybody else connected with the club suffer as well.
1: Well, it it simply wouldn't happen in any other business. If, you know, if, if back in the day, Mr. Marks and Mr. Spencer had a massive row. They wouldn't take it out on the customers. They wouldn't, yeah, you know, they wouldn't suddenly start charging the customers more or or removing things from the shop windows. It would be, it's only in football that it seems that the customers, and I'm, that's the only time I ever use that phrase. It's, it's only in football that the customers are treated this way. But two things, Kieran, we spoke last week and the week before and the week before that about Swindon, and we spoke about the the High Court ruling that Lee Power had to sell some shares or put some shares up for sale. Did, but did they specify to who? Did, did they say that they, those shares have to be offered to Clemmore Fooney? And secondly, is, is Lee Power reluctant to sell full stop or is he just reluctant to sell to Clemmore Fooney? Um, having, having read bits and pieces, and, and I'm also very grateful
0: to uh, Swindon Town Supporters Trust who have been keeping everybody informed and doing yeah. a sterling job, Um it looks as if the, the judge's ruling was that Lee Power had to sell the shares to Clem Moore for, Fooney at a particular price, oh. and Lee Power feels that there is an alternative offer at a higher price, which he's being prevented from dealing with. So that appears to be the the, the crux of his, his uh, unhappiness uh, at gotcha. present, and that's driven him to take the action that he has, i.e., uh, you know, if uh, – if 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 he means if, if 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 through his actions it means that clem Morfuni has to go and pick up a uh, a shortfall in, in wages then then so be it so, but it's uh, you know we hope that what what we perceive to be professional people you know, we expect football owners to have a uh, they don't have the greatest of reputations uh, some of which is warranted, the vast majority of which is not. Uh, but the uh, the way that Lee Power is behaving really is not uh, is not particularly elegant, and mm. uh, I, I just hope that the EFL are are monitoring this um, just in case Lee Power rocks up at another football club.
1: Mm. And still in Swindon, I'm afraid uh, the club also faced court action over unpaid rent on the county ground. I and mean, again, is this. Part of Lee Power's scorched earth policy, or an oversight, or
0: well, uh, uh, it, it is an oversight, uh, it, it's a long-winded one because I think it's something like eighteen months uh, oh, for which the rent right. has not been paid, um, right. and, and you know we we we, we can all uh, we can all forget to pay the odd bill now and then deliberately yeah. on purpose, yeah. um, but uh, this is this is a long-running issue. I think it's come from the council, and and they've just reached the point of yeah we've asked nicely we kept asking nicely and and now we're going to have to take further steps so you you look at the main costs for any business which especially the football business it's going to be employment costs and property costs um and lee power has come up short on both of those do we have any idea how much is owed in unpaid rent um not certain unfortunately i'll 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 dig out the numbers in due course
1: it's like if it's over 18 months it's likely to be a substantial amount of money and that's
0: absolutely there's yeah.
1: also a level of patience from uh the council that many private landlords wouldn't have wouldn't have shown so not happy times for swindon town fans at the moment but as we've seen in the past with with wigan you know who knows there could be a, a happy out uh out solution let's hope we're able to announce that soon yes. and um well, we've had Sheffield Wednesday, Kieran. We've had Swindon. So, where else? Where else could we be going next, everybody? Say it with me, boys and girls. Say it loud and say it proud. We're going to the East Midlands. And we're not going to Nottingham Forest, everybody. We're going to Derby County. And Derby County, I like the way this has been phrased very carefully by Guy, uh, may have found a bit more profit from the sale of Pride Park. Now, I'm no expert, but luckily, Kieran, you are. <laughs> how <not> expert. <laughs> how how, how, do you, how do you find a bit more profit? I mean, I've, I've, I once found a fiver in a pair of jeans that I'd forgot I a fiver in coming back from Edinburgh, and I, I literally thought this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, of course, despite Ali's advice, I went out and spent it on a cheap bottle of wine because why would you not? If you found yourself with a fiver you didn't know you had – you have to spend it because that's god telling you to spend the money but how do you find a bit more profit
0: um well uh, I, I went through the 60 page report um on the disciplinary committee with regards to derby county and their fallout with um everybody uh, the efl uh, with regards to amortization yeah. uh, and i went through and that was that was quite detailed and uh Uh, It it wasn't a uh, page-turner, let's be honest, uh, apart from possibly for me. Um, But uh, looking at the documentation there was a there was a little sentence uh, which came from the derby county chief executive which just and it was just a throwaway line um which said oh by the way uh, when we reported a a 41 million pound profit from the sale of pride park in our 2018 accounts um that that may have been understating the true amount of the profit Mm. And I thought, oh, Lordy, Lordy, yeah, you know, this this is uh, this is worth um, this is worth investigating further because uh, the the position is, of course, is, is that Derby County have to resubmit their profitability and sustainability calculations uh, with with regards to uh, twenty sixteen to eighteen, and yeah, you know, my my calculations are that yeah, you know, I, you know, I don't I don't know the exact figures, is that they're they're going to be close to the limit mm. but um i i went through the 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 uh the almanac I went through the the collection of old sets of derby county financial statements and i went all the way back to 2008 um and, and what they'd done there that they they'd revalued the stadium by 30 million pounds so when when they sold it in 2018 they said that the, the cost in the books is is 40 million and we've sold it for 80, so therefore we've taken a profit of 40. And everybody then, okay, that's fine. Um, but if you actually go way back, um, it looks as if uh, – it, and it's a bit like let, – let's say that you had a house worth 100 grand. You got an estate agent, agent around a few years ago, and he said it's 130. So therefore you think, oh, I made 30 grand profit. Mm. And then you sell it for 180. Now, what Derby have done, they've said, well – the profit is the 180 less the 130 it was last valued at. We've taken that profit of 50 to the accounts. But actually, they sold it for 180, and it originally cost them over 100. And you know, it, it's, just, it's just an amazing coincidence, I'm sure, that this extra 30 million pounds are now saying – Oh well, we revalued it in two thousand and eight. Could we potentially put that into our PNS calculation? And if so, um, you know, even if the EFL do query the figures and. You know, Rick Rick Parry presently is you know, he's he's a bit like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons with regards to his pursuit of Bart Simpson. he's you know, he's a man that 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 you know has a has a long-term grudge <laughs> against certain people. Um and Derby County appeared to be one of them. So if you if you look at see what they did, yeah, you know, what the EFL have done with with practically every case they've lost, if they've appealed, they've appealed, they've appealed. Um and uh, yeah, is this derby saying? Well, even if you do appeal, yeah, by the way, we just found an extra thirty million, so you know, which could uh, k- keep them on the on the right side of the equations. But uh, uh, yeah, if, it was uh, it, it was a fas- it was genuinely a fascinating read if you like that type of thing. But I'm hoping that at least ninety nine point nine nine percent of the population—they've all got personalities and that type of thing. That type of read is, isn't—it uh, isn't something that uh, is is up with Shakespeare in terms
1: of the appeal. Kieran, that's what you're—you're you're there to read these things for us. Kieran. <laughs> yes, you're, you're there to throw, throw yourself in front of these written hand grenades. And I, also, I've known you long enough to know that when you say this could be coincidence, what you're really meaning is this is nowhere near. A coincidence in any, in any way, shape or form. There's a 1% chance it's a coincidence, but I've seasonally adjusted that to there's no chance this is a coincidence. Um Well, Kieran, where else could we be heading now? We've had Sheffield Wednesday, we've had Swindon, we've had Derby. There'll be a lot of people in the northeast out there with an accumulator praying that we're heading to Newcastle next. Well, I'm afraid <laughs> we're not. Not Just next, yet. anyway. Not <laughs> we, are, we are on the way to Newcastle, but via the EFL. And um, I, 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 I'm not entirely sure of the ramifications of this, Kieran, which is why I've added a note at the end of it. But EFL clubs have voted to ban stadium sale profits from financial fair play calculations in future. I, I literally can't keep up with what's good or bad anymore, Kieran. Is that well, is that good or bad?
0: Well, you, you see that horse far away in the distance. <laughs> well, I'm yes, going we across to my nearest stable and I'm going to slam a door shut and that's sorted. Um this this is the, the reason why we have these issues with uh Sheffield Wednesday and Derby County to name but two is because they have sold their stadiums effectively to the club owners. And they are perfectly entitled to do that uh, legally. Um, And before 2016, if they had done that, those profits would have been excluded from their FFP calculation. So, yeah, they could do it, but there's no benefit in doing so. Mm. For reasons which have never truly been explained, but, you know, I've, I've... I'm, I'm certainly. This is genuinely more cock up than conspiracy. In 2016, both the Premier League and the EFL changed the rules and said if you uh, if you if you do sell your stadium, um, you can now keep those profits in your financial fair play uh, calculations, which. which to say it, it makes a mockery of... they also Remember, of course, they changed the name of the rules in 2016 to profitability and sustainability. Now, yeah. nothing screams less sustainability than selling the biggest asset that a football yeah. club has yeah. to somebody else. Um, but you know, th- these are the rules. They were voted on by club owners, and we've seen Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, Reading, Aston Villa, Birmingham City, and uh, there are rumours of another club uh, in the championship having done that as well uh, in recent months, but I don't know how true that is, and I'll tell you the name of the club after the show. Um, but um, that's that's where we are. It's to stop this... Um, Th- this creative accounting, and, and that's what it is, I and mean, creative accounting is where you go within the rules to uh, boost profits or cut cost costs or to reduce profits with the objective of uh, achieving a particular aim, which in the case of these clubs has been to uh, be, be kept within uh, financial fair play uh, limits. And, and I'm not being critical of the clubs here because yeah, they they ultimately – we're simply applying the rules. Um, you've got to question who created the rules, and uh, again, I'm not even having a go at the the EFL because they they inherited uh, a set of suggestions from the Premier
1: League. Mm. Uh, there have been some changes at board level in the EFL, Kieran. Now, why why does that affect us on the price of football? And why can't Finlay make his mind up which room he wants to be in? He's even <laughs> <in and> out <laughs> of that up and down like a bride's uh, night. it. When-
0: there's, there's a limit to the number of times he can he can listen to the word financial fair play without it playing <laughs> havoc with his ears. Um, well, the the reason why I think this is uh, interesting is that uh, the the board of the EFL consists of three members from the Championship, two from League One, and one from League Two, um, and all three representatives from the Championship have uh, have have effectively resigned. Uh, Nigel Howe at Reading. I, th- I think he's actually leaving the club, so therefore yeah. he doesn't qualify. Uh, Stephen Pierce at, at Derby County, a- and it says in the, the EFL uh, press release, has has left to concentrate on affairs at his own club. <laughs> um, but I, I suspect it was due to the fact that every time he went into the EFL uh, uh, recreation room there was a dartboard there with uh with a picture of uh, pride park on it um and he probably just said i've had enough of this and and mark ashton at bristol city he's moved to ipswich who are in league one so therefore he can't be a representative so um who is going to replace them uh we're not certain but uh it, it could it could have an impact upon the the direction um, of the efl um, which which could be a very positive thing, I'm, and I'm not, you know, these these guys, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm sure have done a sterling job in history. But th- there are some things which which concern me because we've got one of the members at a non championship club, one of the representatives at board level. I, I was just doing a little bit of a background check, um, and he also runs a company which is involved in buying and selling football clubs. And, and to me, I. I that strikes me as a conflict of interest you know really? how can you be on the board of a uh, of an administrative body of football and therefore you are having discussions of things about individual clubs when you've got a separate job as somebody that's effectively a, a broker of football clubs and why isn't this being, well, it, I presume it has been declared, but uh, it just seems to me to be a, a strange way to, to have uh, governance
1: uh, at, a, at, you know, at one of the senior institutions in English football. This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace, Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today in Notion You do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit
0: like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items, to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone. Whether you're a Fortune 500 company... Or a freelance football finance lecturer
1: you can try notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football that's all lowercase letters notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action that's notion.com slash price of football Yeah, I I agree. But I'm I'm just thinking you evoked a very pleasing image of the EFL there having a staff room like Please Sir <laughs> it was with a dartboard with various people's faces being thrown out. Uh, for the younger people listening, Please Sir was a, a sitcom in the 70s where – actors who were clearly in their mid-30s played 16-year-old kids yes. <laughs> at South London Comprehensive School. Uh, my mum wouldn't let me watch it. She said it was too rude. It was raunchy, would not it? Yes. yes. And, and, they, and they had a janitor played by Derek Guiler who boasted about killing Nazis in the desert. Um, uh, <laughs> Derek Guiler, who was born... Two roads from where I'm doing this podcast, funny enough. Damn it was quite raunchy, wasn't it? Maureen was the... I think she was the raunchy one, wasn't it? she? Was the, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's just, we just sound like two middle-aged men. For, anyway. um, of course, those two stories, Kieran, were just uh, a brief sorbet, a mere palate cleanser, before we get back to completing the tour of our most talked-about clubs recently. <laughs> and for those of you who have Newcastle United you know, on your accumulator, you can go to the bookies and get your money now. Uh, <laughs> 'Cause they're very much in the news this week, um twice, basically. Um they and Amanda Staveley have gone to war, it says here. Gone to war against the Premier mm. League and Tracy Crouch. That's very Sky Sports news, hasn't it? They've gone to war against the Premier League and Tracy Crouch.
0: Yes. Um this is this is all to do with the issue of the um, appeal by Newcastle United uh, against the Premier League, with regards to the uh, prospective takeover by uh, PIF of the club, and uh, Newcastle have said, you know, "Why is this taking place behind closed doors? Why all the secrecy? Why all the delay? Um, why can't this be be shown in the public domain?" Um, and uh, that, that that I'm all in favour of, you know, I'm, uh, and and then Amanda Staveley uh, effectively saying the deal's not dead, uh, saying uh, she she again is effectively a, a broker of, of football clubs, or she wants to be with regards to Newcastle and the the Saudi potential Saudi Arabia takeover. She's written an open letter to Tracy Crouch MP, and I'm going well. What's it got to do with Tracy Crouch? Mm. Because she is not, she is not uh, in in a position to uh, be able to to force through uh, a Premier League uh, appeal. Um, it's 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 not within her remit, and, and it does appear to be a little bit of grandstanding from Amanda Staveley. I, she, I she's she's trying to uh, turn the narrative to go down the populist route, and um, you know, Tracy Crouch is. is is uh, in, presently in charge of the, the fan-led review of football. So I, I think, by all means, go, into, you know, go de- declare that you, you want this to, to be in the public domain and you want greater transparency, but if so, target the right people. Surely mm-hmm. they should be targeting the the sportsman, Nigel Dowden, if if they think that it's it's the it's within the government's remit but the government has no power to do this you know, there is no legislation and uh, yeah if if we're honest you know, in, uh, in in the present uh, environment there's probably one or two things more important than than changing rules for for football governance issues mm. um uh, so uh, I, I think there's an element of of populism here which 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 doesn't uh, doesn't make me feel particularly at ease and 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 that's a shame because the broad premise is: should there be more transparency with regards to football? Yes, but uh, what what's stopping that? Well, in the in the Premier League, it's uh, you need fourteen votes to change the constitution to to increase transparency. So ultimately, it's a decision made by club owners, and that's the same for the EFL. And and there has to also to be an element of privacy, you know public domain what we're entitled to see uh you know where does sort of governance end and just sort of naked nosiness mm-hmm. begin yeah it, it's a bit you know I, i'm not entitled to know uh the, the wages of football managers and football football players Yeah, you know, we, we we like to speculate when we're down the pub but ultimately it's nothing to do with me so um, I think what what we should be gunning for is that these uh, these transactions are and, and these investigations are always taking far too long. Is there a way that that could be speeded up? Yes, there is, and, and that would be by having some form of independent regulator who is the adjudicator in football and instead of the the, the, the non-stop prevarications taken by both sides sort of arguments, uh, it's somebody who can knock heads together and get things moving.
1: Yeah, it, it, it does seem to me, Kieran, that uh, as we predicted some time ago, that this Saudi takeover hasn't gone away and it's not gone away to the extent of thinking that it's inevitably going to happen eventually. But in the meantime, uh, and again, I saw you chuntering about this on social media, Mike Ashley uh, has extended Newcastle United's accounting date.
0: Yeah, and in a real world, we,
1: who gives a flying one about this
0: nonsense? But on the back of the story that uh, Mike Ashley and Amanda Staveley want to see more transparency in the world of football, mm. what this has done is it's delayed Newcastle publishing their accounts by another month. So, you know, did they make a profit in 2020? Did they not? Well, we're not gonna know. Um and Mike Ashley specializes in this. So it's 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 completely two faced of him. On the one side to say, well, you know, uh, especially when you take into consideration the the nature of the comments from Amanda Staveley, well, the fans deserve to know. Yeah, the the fans deserve to know about the state of their football club from a financial mm-hmm. perspective. Now, many of them don't don't give a hoot about it, and I perfectly understand why. But a small number might care because it is their club. It is mm-hmm. it is their lifelong investment. Um, so. If uh, if Mike Ashley is genuine about being transparent, why is it that Newcastle United are the only Premier League football club from 2019 20 to have published zero financial information with regards to how they coped with that season and the, the impact of COVID uh, on on their finances? Um, yeah, we've got 18 clubs that have published full results. Your your club Palace have published a one page summary,
1: which is better than nothing and newcastle have given us zip accusations of hypocrisy notwithstanding i'm sure guy would like us to point out that he's acting perfectly legally isn't he by doing this
0: yes yes um, he uh, you know any company is entitled to uh, extend or contract its uh, its accounting reporting date Um, But what he's done on the top of that, he's taken advantage of Rishi Sunak's three-month extension uh, in terms of when you have to publish results. So under normal circumstances, uh, Newcastle United had a a 30th of June year-end, so you've got to publish your results by the 31st of March the following year. He's extended the year-end to the 31st of July, and he's taken the extra three months from Rishi Sunak. So it's, it's just... Mike Ashley being Mike Ashley, um, and uh, you know, for such a clever bloke, he, he just seems to get
1: a, a strange pleasure from being this secretive and awkward. Mm. In the in the bigger scheme of things, uh, is it possible that you know, the Saudi government, who are looking to take over the club, would be worried that Mike Ashley is appearing to be reluctant to reveal figures? or
0: no, because yeah, uh, you know, I think we we've, we've spoken before is that if if you are if you're involved in a takeover deal. You actually get access to right. the, the up to date right. figures. You, the, right. We have this thing called a data room, so and, and you pay a you, you normally pay a fee for the privilege of of accessing the most up to date information. So the, the the statutory accounts to a large extent are a complete irrelevance because what you're looking at is you know, what what exactly does the club own? They'll they'll have access to the individual uh, you know, wage deals with players and when they expire and how much they're for and what are the bonuses? Uh, you know, do you have any outstanding HP? agreements and lease agreements, all, all of that stuff is, is in the data room. Uh, what what you actually get to see in, in a set of statutory accounts is, is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the overall finances.
1: Mm. Well, let's hope the Saudi government can afford that fee, Kieran. Otherwise, this could be going on for some time, couldn't it? Uh, <laughs> the Gambling Commission has suspended the virtual transfer market uh, player FT's license.
0: Yes, this is uh, yeah. This is echoes of uh, our our good good non friends at Football Index, um, and and the reason for this is um, due to non compliance with the the Gambling Commission's self exclusion uh, rules uh, for for gamblers who who you know might have a problem and yeah uh, you know, we we've spoken to people uh on the show and i know that some people say you know we are sort of taking a a very uh you know holier than thou approach yeah. to the gambling industry i'm i am i have got friends that gamble you 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 have the occasional flutter you know, I, yeah i i have yeah. no issue with gambling um and you know having uh, having a license is uh is good i'm i'm completely against prohibition although my uncle terry was you know he's probably be a little bit keener on unlicensed gambling, and but uh, <laughs> go, going back to the seventies when when he and I used to go out together, he'd say, "Just, just go and just go and pay a visit to this guy here uh, about a gambling deck here," and and, I, and I'd, I'd be sitting there, he'd go, he'd go and buy me a funny face ice lolly, and uh, then he'd sort of come out thirty seconds later, and be this guy sort of sort of leaning against a, a door with, uh, with with perhaps well, with one or
1: two broken bones. Yeah, but, but that, the, that's a the, separate the, story. At least you had an ice cream, Kieran. Yeah, you, you, oh, your funny faces were great. Probably with, um, a, jo- with a joke on the stick. It's, I I, it, I, don't think it takes more than a pub psychologist, Kieran, to work out where your aversion to gambling might come from. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean it, does, it, it really doesn't need an expert, does it, to, be, to put two and two together. Good old Uncle Terry, though, it's nice that he kept you occupied. You just, <laughs> that's right. Just keep you licking, keep licking your lollies, son. He didn't see anything. Yeah, right. yeah then i right, Ter- And then I go him the joke when he finished it as well, and he'd, he'd chuckle away. <laughs> of course he would. He's a good uncle.
0: <laughs> He's a South London boy. <laughs> He's <a> problem, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is this is very similar to the nature of football index, whereby yeah, you're buying on the value of the players. But of course, of course, you don't physically own the player. You've got no. It's it's just uh, it's it's another way of relieving people of cash. And mm. and the whole point about having a responsible gambling industry, and this is where I think the industry keeps failing, uh, is that there it's a case of just turning the dial down a bit. Yeah, you know, I, I get uh, I get three or four emails and three or four texts a week from a a gambling company, mm. and I placed one bet. Uh, this year, and 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 as we know, that was a really depressing bet for me because I I bet on Crystal Palace to beat Brighton at the Amex just yeah. to just as an experiment, um, and and I'm still getting this, and it's and it's not coming from it's not even coming from the company itself. It's hi, Kieran. It's Joe from William Hill. How are yeah. you doing? I go. I don't know anybody called Joe from <laughs> William Hill. Yeah, well, and then the next day it's Sarah from William Hill. Okay. Oh, if I if I, if I uh, is, is, is is this another case of somebody holding a party in my honor and, and not inviting me, which which tended to be the case with my birthday parties when I was growing up, oh. um, but um, yeah, it's the, the 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 nature of the marketing of the industry and the behavior of some of the players doesn't doesn't. Uh, doesn't really reflect particularly well on the industry as a whole. Um and that's why there is there's
1: presently uh, you know, some negativity uh, which is justified against the industry. Yeah, I I'm always amazed that a betting company even if they do it cynically doesn't start to market themselves as the responsible betting company that uh, you know will will say if you've gambled over a certain amount in a week we won't let you gamble more. As I think that would probably give them a lot of publicity and new customers but I think we're a way off that um phase yet unfortunately Um, this is an odd one if you're a Barcelona fan Barcelona can't register any of their new signings including Memphis Depay and Sergio Aguero of course because they've gone over the La Liga salary limit
0: Yes, um, La Liga is is intriguing in that each individual club is given a a budget for wages at the start of the season, and uh, and that's done by La Liga itself, mm. uh, and you've you've got to comply. You've got to show that uh, what you're committed to paying out this season is going to be within the limits. And uh, it, it has broken over the course of the last twenty four hours that it looks as if. Uh, Barcelona have exceeded that, and and what we've we've therefore got is they've got a fire sale. Yeah, they, they've. Uh, I, th- I think there's uh Is it Junior Firpo is is now going to Leeds at a pretty knockdown price. They've got uh, Trincao going out to Wolves on loan. There's talk of Coutinho uh, being available for sale for you know you could probably get him for less than 20 million quid. And considering he was sold for the thick end of 130, I mm. uh, a few years ago, it it just shows where they are. So, um, and, and, and I think the reason why they're trying to get all of these people out is at present, uh, Leonor Messi is, is officially unemployed, isn't he? Yeah. Because his yeah. his contract expired on the 30th of June. We're, we're now into the first week of July and there's, there's no news coming from, from either party, um, the, the Barcelona president is, is being making
1: positive noises, but nothing coming from the Messi camp themselves. I, I know we've discussed this before, Kieran, but, but just for new listeners and me, because we mentioned my attention span earlier. Is, is the La Liga salary limit the same for every club or does Barcelona around Madrid, you know, the bigger the club you are, do you get a little bit more leeway to spend money on salaries or do they all get the same amount? No, it, it's it's very much linked. It's what we probably call a a soft cap
0: in in the sense right. that it is very much linked to your revenues. So, right. Right. Okay. Um, you know that that has some merits. Um, it also has some demerits. If you are an ambitious club, um, and you, you you've just come up from the, the the second division of Spanish football, you would start off with a very low wage cap, which means that if you've got an ambitious owner. Uh, it's it's going to be very difficult to to be ever be competitive
1: with uh, with the large clubs in Spanish football. Mm. Finally, Kieran, some news about us. This is our second to last ever pod for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> I
0: thought you meant to tell me something. I didn't no, know. <laughs> uh,
1: that's just what they call creating tension, Kieran. It's a little, little <laughs> trick, little trick we have in our industry. Um, uh, <laughs> Kieran has to source a new supply of wonky chomps and Guy needs to go to the Caribbean to visit his money. So we're, <laughs> we're taking our first break since we started in October 2019 because when, as discussed, you already have a six-month backlog of questions, then taking a two-week holiday is a perfectly sensible thing to do. Um, so we will have a questions pod, as usual, on Monday the 12th of July. Then we'll be back on Monday the 26th of July. But don't worry. If something big does happen, I'll still be here to do an emergency one-man factually incorrect pod. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Although I might have to phone Kieran to work. ask how the technology works. Uh, But in the meantime, if you'd like to make a small monthly contribution to our always-free-to-air pod, then that would be very kind of you. Please go to patreon.com forward slash price of football. And if you have any questions to add to that pile, then email us on questions at priceoffootball.com. Um, and before I hand you over to Kieran Maguire for our customary farewell, uh, apologies, of course, to any Bulgarian listeners who are waiting for that amortisation story I made up at the top of the programme.
0: <laughs> well, once again, folks, uh, thanks, thanks for the feedback. Go um, you know, through... Uh, through the 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 podcast app and and social media uh, yeah we we do listen we, we we do try to take on board your comments. Um, if you could give us uh, a review, uh, give us five stars. It, it, according to producer Guy, and be honest, Kevin and I are absolutely clueless when it comes to this. It helps us in the charts. It helps us when we're trying to get some guests. And when we are trying to negotiate with some uh, guests for, from the world of football, too. So when we return in a couple of weeks, uh, it, it just adds it just adds to our credibility. Because the credibility of two old blokes from South London is pretty low uh in in the normal world but uh, but but your help with your reviews makes all the difference
1: bye everybody bye my son for football.